1: Hey everybody! Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We have officially reached the playoffs. Looking forward to breaking down the the Saturday and Sunday games. I am Scott Jensen. Joined as always by Andrew Laird on Friday mornings. If you could please rate review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. It goes a long way towards helping us helping people find the podcast, which is also a very good thing. Uh, Andrew, we made it through seventeen weeks. We made it to the playoffs. Looking forward to this. I always like the playoff, uh, both, both the playoff podcast and playoff DFS in general. So I'm looking forward to it. How are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Uh, value obviously a little tougher when all the good teams are in. So, uh, what was your thought on the split slates here? So we have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday instead of what we we used to only be two and two, right? So we all have four so a four game weekend four slate. Gamer.
1: Yeah. And you and I talked about it during the week. So we're going to attack this as like two different mini slates. Um, You know, the the big DFS tournaments are like, there's a Saturday one, there's a Sunday one. There are some crossover ones, but they're much, much smaller, as you pointed out to me. So... Um, I think you're right. I think we're going to attack this as two different slates. We'll do Saturday three game or first, do Sunday three game or second. So we'll kind of do it like it's going to be like multiple Thanksgiving slates, I suppose. But, um, you know, obviously the information we're talking about, the guys we like don't like, uh, you know, goes with the full slate, too. And the, you know, if you wanted to you want to play that one, you know, all the stuff we're talking about still kind of, uh, you know, carries over, although a little bit differently, because obviously you're, you know, comparing when you're comparing guys in three game slate versus six game slate, there's a little difference. But yeah. uh, at least the, the player stuff will be the same. But um, yeah, I didn't like it. I like the six game. I like the, I like the whole weekend. So I used to love the four game weekend slate on playoff weekends, wild card and divisional. I imagine they'll do the same thing next week. Although well, with two game slates, maybe they'll, maybe they'll mix it up a little bit, but um, I used to love the four game slate. Like you do well on Saturday, you're like excited for Sunday or you do badly on Saturday. You can kind of go with some low, low percentage, like late swap guys on Sunday. But, um, I would have preferred the whole weekend, but, uh, you know, got to deal with what they give us.
2: <laughs> I think given how there was like initial uproar when they got rid of the Sunday night game, for yep. their sunday main slates and then all of a sudden we played like one slate and everyone's like oh this is so much better like i'm i think that's, as much valid point yeah as much as we like bigger slates uh i think the the majority of people like faster ones and yeah. this isn't even like a, a, a fast slate either
1: i mean we no, have this is a it's a complete of the day slate like yeah you're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> On the West Coast, we start ten in the morning. Game, I can be over till nine at night. I mean, that's what uh, eleven hours of football. Like, that's great, but uh, you're right. It's not. A, it's not a especially quick moving slate.
2: Right. So, um, I mean, not that like there's usually significant um, like lineup issues. There are no late scratches usually uh, in the NFL, like we see in, in the NBA. Um, yeah. Especially,
1: especially in playoff games. Like, right. like, You know, you're gonna get guys are gonna play. Guys are gonna play are gonna play.
2: Yeah, and usually guys who are questionable, like the news comes out fairly early that. We know what's gonna happen, so, um, yeah, I, I I think the three games is fine. Like two two game slates are a bummer, but I think three yeah. is okay. Like I think they will probably. I'm not sure if actually if they'll go with a four game slate next week, but. Um,
1: My guess is they go two and two. Two and two, I think so. I think they did. I think they moved to that a little bit last year and I think I was upset about it last year too and I imagine they'll move even more to it this year would be my
2: guess right or just six showdowns or something like that we'll <laughs> There you go forget it.
1: Every quarter, a big game. Uh-huh. Right? Uh-huh. Um, so let's jump in. I'm going to go I'm gonna, go, uh, I'm gonna go game by game on Saturday, just to kind of uh, let everybody know who's playing, what the spreads are, all that kind of stuff. We have three games on Saturday. We have uh, Indianapolis-Buffalo in the morning, which is the highest over-under of the Saturday slate. Buffalo, uh, hottest team in the league. Uh, you know, one line in the last 10. The only game they lost was the, the Hale-Murray play that uh, they lost right at the end. Averaging 35 points a game in the last 10 games in that stretch. Uh, over-under is 51. 51. Buffalo implied total is the highest of the day. It's 29 and a half. Uh, Indy is kind of uh, right in the middle. It's fourth at 22 and a half. Uh, So, uh, you know, crazy. The Colts have only been underdogs in one game this season. I was shocked by that. And that was a one-point underdog week five at Cleveland. So a little bit of nice scheduling for Indy, but, like, I was surprised they were favored at Tennessee. Um, yeah. they were favored at Pittsburgh, but that was, I think it was the game that, or the game that, like Pittsburgh had been like awful three games in a row or whatever it was. And then Pittsburgh actually beat him in the second half, them. but I was surprised. Indy this is only the second time Indy's been a fa- an underdog all year and by far the biggest too. Yeah, that is, uh,
2: that is surprising. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of that other than maybe they're.
1: Yeah, their that's strategy, a lot of games to be favored. Their schedule worked out really darn well. Is kind of what it turned out. I guess out to be. so. I guess It's so. still amazing to me they lost to Jacksonville week one.
2: <laughs> it's uh, yeah, that is a...
1: Jacksonville. Did, Jacksonville didn't win again, and they're Indies in the playoffs. So it's wild how it's a weird know, week season. one, week one in football. Just remember that is uh, just kind of makes no sense mm-hmm. overall. But um, yeah, I think that's the most fun game probably of the Saturday slate. It's the game that we're expecting those points. We've got two other games that are pretty low totals. So this is uh, you know, I think the game a lot of people are going to stack. Uh, it's the morning game too, so like you probably know how a lot of teams did by by one o'clock by lunchtime. But uh, on the West Coast at least, uh, then we got the one o'clock game. We have the Rams at Seattle. Uh, Seattle minus three, over under forty two and a half. Which if I told you the start of the year, the the, the Rams in Seattle had a forty two and a half, all you would have told me I was crazy. Yep. Um, but it's amazing how these teams have looked different in the second half. Uh, Seattle's implied total is twenty three and, and three quarters. Rams is 19 and a quarter so uh, they are the second lowest on on the slate in the implied totals. Uh, Seattle's interesting cuz like they're awesome at home in the playoffs. They're 6-0 under Pete Carroll in the playoffs, but that's with fans. Like it's just I don't know how different it's going to be. The Rams don't have to travel very far. You don't have that crazy uh, fandemonium going there, but I mean Seattle first half second half we've talked it a bunch of times. Seattle first home games 30 the th- first eight games 34.3 points per game. Uh, last day games, 23.1 points per game. And they clearly made a shift in how they were doing stuff. It makes no sense to me. I obviously watched the game last week. They play the 49ers. And they scored, what, it was three or six points the first three quarters. And I'm like, uh, they, they look awful. I'm like, oh, they're down 10. They have two drives left. They're going to score two touchdowns and and unleash Russell. And exactly what they did. And it's mm-hmm. like so obvious. And they could have done it more of the game. I mean, the Niners defense played hard and is, is pretty good and ended up the season pretty good. But – I don't know. I just, it, it seems weird to what they're doing. I get it, they're trying to like keep the defense off the field and run the clock and all that, but they're literally like stopping themselves from scoring more points, which seems a little backwards to me.
2: Yeah. It did seem like the solution to their defensive issues was let's just run the ball so that yeah. they don't have to be on the field. And that seems like the wrong way to go. And based on the results, you'd think that they would go back to it, but go back to throwing. But um, we just haven't seen any evidence that they want to do that.
1: We have it, and the Rams are struggling offense too. And obviously, the big note in this game is that Jared Goff is still questionable. Um, he has that, that dislocated right thumb; the had surgery on. Didn't play last week. John Wolford played and um, kind of looked good running the ball, getting out of the pocket, but the passing was was not very uh, impressive. He didn't look good early. Looked looked better in the second half. I give him that. Uh, I was kind of uh, kind of impressed with it in the second half for a first career start. Um, but the Rams have topped thirty points once six, since week six, so this is an offense that like. I think we kind of automatically go into auto mode, like, oh, look at all the weapons, and they score a lot of points, and Sean McVay, and um, they haven't been the last 10 weeks.
2: Yeah, and um, that obviously, like, hurts the receivers that we got so used to playing uh, throughout the season, so, and then the running back situation is always a bit weird, although it seems to be clearing up, but, like, how much can you rely on that if they can't throw the ball?
1: It's uh, it's very fair. It's a game that uh, you know, weirdly is expected to be low scoring. Both defense, I mean, the Rams defense is great. The Seahawks yeah. defense is, <clears throat> I think we can you know take away the you know worst defense in the league label we had early on in the year. They're 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 playing pretty well now. They added some pieces. I think that uh, you know some Carlos Dunlap and Snacks Harris and they added a couple guys that it really changed the defense.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, nobody would be surprised if this was a low, you know, if it ended up being the lowest lowest scoring game as it's yeah. expected to be.
1: Yeah, and then the last game, we got 5 o'clock. We got uh, your buddy Tom Brady in primetime, which is no shock, even though they are playing at Washington, the the under 500 team. Tampa Bay favored by 8.5 on the road, which is pretty wild, over under 45.5. There's only been three teams in the history of the playoffs that have been more than a touchdown underdog at home in the playoffs, ever.
2: Jeez. Um, I'm guessing they also didn't go 7-9, and nine,
1: though. The great part is both of them won outright. Ooh. Seahawks in 2010, that was the, uh, the beast quake game where Marshawn Lynch uh, beat the saints and then Denver 2011 at home against the Steelers. That was the Tim Tebow walk-off overtime game. So there have been, um, two, I'm going to call games. that the Demarius
2: Thomas walk-off. It's a Tim <laughs> no, Tebow
1: walk-off. I, I think it's the Tim Tebow walk-off. Um, Crazy, though. There's only I mean, great. It makes sense because in the NFL, like the good teams are at home and the good records are home. This is a weird one where you've got a really good a team that's really good and playing well. And with Tom Brady coming into a team that's under 500, um, the same the Seahawks that year, I think, were exactly 500. It was the, the NFC West was really bad that year. But a uh, while, though, that there's been it happened twice and both teams won outright
2: of every team left in the playoffs. Uh, how would you rate the football team in terms of pressuring the quarterback?
1: Yeah, right up there. I mean, they, they, that's the one thing they do, and you know, Chase Young is already out there. You know, I want Brady. I'm looking forward to facing the goat, and like he got some heat for that, but I'm like, well, I think you know, as a competitor, like you want to let's go. Let's, yeah. we're you you don't control who you play anyway, so let's go do it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the teams here, probably uh, probably like the third or third best, maybe behind the Rams and Pittsburgh. If I'm just like kind of eyeballing it, maybe the Saints, but like they can pressure the quarterback. I mean, yeah, they,
2: uh, I don't even mean just like overall defense like just specifically getting to the quarterback like yeah, I mean, that's they were,
1: they were they were six in the nfl in pressure rate in the season so yeah. um you take out some of the playoff teams they're definitely a definitely a, a better one and that's that's where brady struggles So it's gonna be a really interesting what's to see if if tampa Bay can keep him clean in the pocket
2: yeah i think uh I, yeah absolutely it's um i mean i say that and he'll go you know 425 and four but of course uh, you know, if he gets his jersey a little dirty, then
1: all, all we've got to do is play him. And it's guaranteed that he will won <laughs> 75 and one. So we're good. <laughs> it's a weird this. This slate's weird. I found so many more playable options in the Sunday slate. Like this was the this is the, the harder slate. We got to make a couple big decisions on like obvious guys where you play them or not. But um, there are a lot more plays in the second slate. But yeah, uh, it, makes, it makes it interesting. I mean, three games, you got a lot of guys to look at, but. Um, I found a lot more guys like, Oh, I want to play this guy in the, in the second slate by far.
2: Yeah. Uh, totally great. I, I think generally that's just kind of a re- reaction to the fact that those, those games are going to be higher scoring or at least yeah. expected to be. Um, and so, um, I mean the, the easiest path for GPP differentiation is just ignoring the Buffalo
1: Indianapolis game. Right. Um, but you're like, and then, and then if it's 38, 35, you just go do something else. Yeah. Else you're, it's fine. Well, you got yeah. Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go you got sunday so uh let's jump in we got uh we'll start running backs on the saturday slate um you know the obvious the first guy to talk about is kind of it kind of de- decides what you do with the rest of your lineup is jonathan taylor yeah. he's 7900 i think the next highest that i really looked at is like 5900 yeah i mean it's a huge job and he's not even that expensive so if you want to play him he's not that hard to get in um i guess uh, you know they are with six and a half point at so it's not a great game script for a running back but, I mean, he's obviously been on fire. He had 253 yards rushing last week and two touchdowns. We talked about a bunch last week, and he he delivered fully. But uh, what do you do with Taylor this week? Is it like an automatic play? Is it like you want to get away from him? What are you What are you thinking in terms of, you know, obviously the highest-owned guy, pretty significant at the running back position?
2: Yeah, I think there are ways to not play him. Like the – I mean, you obviously need to fill two running back spots, and I think you can get away with, the, with some of the cheaper guys. It's just a matter of um, – I think you're essentially comparing – uh, you know, depending on what kind of contest you're playing, like in cash games, do you think he's more reliable than Stefan Diggs? Like um, Diggs is, is the most expensive wide receiver. We'll get to that in a little bit, but like they're basically the same price. And so um, fitting in both of them and a quarterback that you probably want is, you know, makes it a, a little uh, yeah. barbellish, as some people say, but. Um, Look at that, uh, what a term. Do you think, you uh, Taylor is the like, do you think the Colts are going to like really run him early with the hope that that's how they establish the game? Or do you think that Phillip rivers can pass over them?
1: I mean, I I think the hope is that, you know, we'd run Taylor and keep Josh Allen off the field would be the game plan. But I mean, Josh Allen's been unbelievable. He's been so hot that I just, I don't think they're going to be able to really slow him down. And, I think you're, the Taylor thing is, is comes down to game script. If yeah. they're down, if they're down 14 early, like it, it completely changes what Indy has to do. I mean, they don't go away from it fully, but you know, he's a guy that they want to hand the ball off to when they get to the passing game. They want to go to Naheem Hines, and you know, it's just one of those things that they'd love to use Taylor. But in the second half, you have to hope that Indy's within a touchdown. Otherwise, you know, he could get game shift out for a little bit, and that's scary with the guy who's the most expensive and kind of most owned guy on the slate. Right. right. Like, like so. But, you're... If, but if they have a lead and you don't have him, you're probably dead too. So there's like it's a <laughs> it's a pretty it, because the other running backs available are not especially great. Um, you know, if Taylor does well, you don't have him, it's uh, you're you're probably buried early.
2: Yeah, we have the benefit of having basically no interest at least in cash games of the running back from the biggest favorite. Like yep. nobody's going to get Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and be like this is
1: And I don't even like I see the low percent. I don't even really have an interest in them in, in DFS or in in, in, in GPP, but like I mean, you can play them if you want to be totally different, but, like, they just don't – they split the ball, too. They split the carries too much. If you wanted to play one, I'd play Moss because, like, it's a pretty vast difference between the, the – inside the five carries between yeah. the two. them. that's the – that's kind of the reason I would break them down like that. But then you look at the fact that, you know, if uh, – you know it depends if they're trailing or they're ahead and what they're doing. If they're ahead, you know, they're probably not throwing the ball that much to Singletary. So I'd probably go Moss, but, like, I'd play the guys in the other games, I think, over both of them.
2: Yeah, so now you're like, so do I want to spend – Two thousand more, and that's not to say that you want the second highest running back either. Right. Like, do I want to spend up for? Excuse me, for a running back on a basically a touchdown underdog? Yep. Who could lose all of his work in the past?
1: But yeah. he's clearly the the best talented most most talented running back on the slate. The guy who has the most. I mean, in the last what the last six weeks, he has eight hundred thirty seven yards and eight touchdowns. Like he's been massive, and they've been they've been running him perfectly. And um, he's topped eighty rush yards in five or six games. Like everything lines up well. I think it's just kind of a uh, yeah. kind of a game theory thing whether you want to try and fade him or not. I, it really depends to me on. How you, have to, you have to break down this game and how you think this game goes and you decide what you want to do with them. Because if, if you think Buffalo blows them out, like I think you very much stay away from him at the high ownership.
2: <clears throat> if you think they blow them out, though, do you go to Heinz or do you just ignore yeah, it?
1: For sure, Heinz.
2: Like for sure, Heinz over the other guys?
1: Well, if I'm not playing Taylor, Heinz is one of my two. Okay. Because if I'm not playing Taylor, I think they're losing. And then I love the fact that Hines is going to get 10 dump offs. Right, right. Yeah, I think that it, I think it works that if you don't play Taylor, you play Hines. It's kind of the way that I looked at it when I when I decided what I was doing. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you you can fully not play either one if you want. <laughs> I just think that if you don't play Taylor, it's for a reason. And that reason really slants towards Naheem Hines at the price. Right, yes. I, I think he's a pretty talented player. If he's going to touch the ball a bunch of times out of the backfield, I, I like him at the price.
2: If you think the Colts win, then obviously you go right to Taylor. Right to Taylor. Um, and he's
1: not 9,500 either. He's 7,900. Yeah. Like you could do a lot with him still. If you think the Colts are in the game in the fourth quarter or win, I think you just play Taylor and you you fill in the rest of your lineup around him. Yeah. The the
2: difficulty is that like if if the Colts win, uh, and it's because of Taylor, you want Taylor, but then you also theoretically want the run back, and running it back with Allen and Dig like that's not cheap.
1: Right. And that and that's assuming you think it's going to be like a really high scoring. Back True. Like I think that uh, if the Colts win, they're probably trying to win 24-21. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, and they could they could be in a shootout, and you know who knows? Philip Rivers has got some some old guile left in him, but uh, yeah, you're right. The, the run back does get pretty expensive pretty quickly there. Yeah, that's why you go Josh Allen, John Brown. I oh, I love Josh. Spoiler Brown. alert. That's yeah, coming totally. Um, but let's hit to the other running backs. Obviously, we got we got two slates here. We don't get stuck on one guy. But um, the next guy down is at fifty nine hundred is Chris Carson. Uh, He is clear. He's off the injury list, which is good news. And um, good script there. Good game script there. A home favorite. I mean, not huge. Like a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Just hasn't had a heavy workload. He's been, the last five weeks, he's got 16, 15, 17, 19, 13 touches. Like, not bad and consistent, which is good. But, you know, not heavy. They haven't been leaning on him. I wonder if they unleash him in the playoffs or not. Obviously, I don't know the answer to that. But you wonder if they have a lead. It's a playoff game. They're not worried about kind of holding back on him. Um, he's their best. He's their best running back. You know, Carlos Hyde's been pretty decent, but I think it's pretty clear that Carson, when he's going, is their best guy. Um, didn't do much against the Rams a couple weeks ago in Week 16. 16 for 39 and three catches. The Rams' run D is obviously good. They're 3.9 yards per carry. Everything they do on defense is pretty good. But uh, I kind of like Chris Carson this week. If uh, if you think Seattle gets up, I think they feed him uh, more than we're used to.
2: The most frustrating thing about the Seahawks not throwing as much is that it hasn't resulted in huge games for Carson. Like, what? It- <laughs>
1: What are we It doing? has a result, it resulted in points. So yeah. like it's just there's just been nobody. It's been it's been wild. Like Tyler Lockett goes off once every 6 7 weeks and like uh even DK Metcalf hasn't been great the no. last like 7 8. It's been it's been weird.
2: Um I think the way that you described it is more of a leap of faith with Pete Carroll than I do I do too. Um, I just
1: uh, it just seems to make sense and I probably shouldn't do that with Pete Carroll.
2: Right, because sense would be just continuing to throw the ball all season because it's worth it
1: would. A hundred percent. So I uh you're right. I'd take it leap Pete with Pete Carroll, which is uh which is dangerous for sure.
2: <laughs> I think Carson's a great G P P play. I I I don't play him in cash though.
1: So the guys below him, we got Ronald Jones at fifty five hundred, Antonio Gibson fifty seven hundred, you got Cam Akers who you were talking about earlier at fifty one hundred. Uh do you like these three guys at all? What uh what are you feeling with this with this group?
2: Um I think Jones and Akers are the guys. Like I think Gibson, um, who's like still banged up. Uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing Gibson against Tampa Bay. I just, right. At the if he was 4,500 maybe, but 5,700. with The other guys. I'm just not doing it at all. Right.
2: Um, and I think just the way that we've been discussing it is how you end up with Jones and Acres. Like Jones is a the starting running back for the for a touchdown favorite. Or no, eight. What was it? Eight. Eight and a half. Eight and a half eight and a half obviously
1: has been pretty darn good all year when he's played too I just I hate what they do with Fournette (laughs) I was just about to say like he played he played 30 snaps last week and he had 27 total yards like and and Jones was what 12 for 78 on 36 snaps like he you would like to think that Bruce Arians is like oh I I clearly have a different a different level of players between the two guys I, I think Ronald Jones is significantly more talented and a better player but the 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 snap splitting has got to come into play when you decide what to do with Jones
2: um, I actually don't think it, on this slate, I don't think it matters. I think okay. Jones gets enough that, I mean, you're basically comparing Jones, like potential.
1: That's, that's sp- a good point.
2: Potential yeah. split backfield. And and when we talk, when we say split, it's like still three to one, four to one, like it's not 50, 50. Um, but you're, you know, it's still a heavy favorite. Um, it's just, it checks all the boxes that you want. He's cheap. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and the point about the the slate is important too, because usually I'm like, oh, I just have Ronald Jones. I've got 13 games. I can find somebody else that's right. not splitting carries or not splitting snaps. But you're right. There's three games here and we've just discussed how there aren't a ton of running back options on the slate.
2: Right. Um, and Akers, while being awful last week, still had 21 carries. 34 yards. Oof. Yeah. Um, that sounds like Leonard Fournette. It
1: does. Um, four catches, 52 yards is promising though. I like the fact that yes. he caught the ball in the backfield, especially if Wolford plays, gives it a little bit of a data point that, you know, maybe he does dump down a little bit.
2: Yep. Or they just give it to, you know, hand it off because they don't want, because yep. you might as well just keep running the ball. Um, so I think they're going to be the, the popular combo.
1: Yeah. And he's clearly the guy there. Like the fact that he came back from the ankle sprain and Darrell Henderson had what four touches or whatever yeah. it was. Like he was, he got 25, 29 touches. Like it's clearly right now that he's the guy, no matter what, in that backfield.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I think, Really, the consideration is less: Do you want to skip one or both of Jones and Acres for Taylor and Carson, and more: How much do you want to rely on J.D. McKissick and Naheem Hines? And yeah, and,
1: that's, and both in games that like they are significant underdogs, and like they they're the way they use them lines up perfectly. Yeah,
2: they could have uh, 25 targets combined.
1: You say that joking, but like if they both get behind, that's actually possible.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, Jaden McGessick has 20, 28 targets last three games. <laughs> I mean, it's just... And the, this, is a, this is a game they're going to get behind. Tampa Bay stops the run, but allows a league-high six catches per game to running backs. So yeah. like, and that makes sense because they're you know ahead in games and they can't stop the sure. run, so teams start to jump off a little bit. But, I mean, I I I think I, I like both these guys. I think that uh, you're not going to play both of them because it's probably a little bit too much, but I, there's going to be a lot of laps, so I play at least one of these guys, I think. Do you
2: think... like? How many how many lines do you think people have both? Like none, right?
1: Yeah, not a lot. I think I think it's hard. You can get up the salary that way, but I don't I just don't think you need to play two cheap guys to get there this week cuz that's just not it's not a big enough slate where you could, you know, play Devontae Adams and <laughs> someone else or something like that, you know, Lamar Jackson, whatever it is. Um yeah, I think, I think a lot of people go down to one of them. I think that the other guys are close enough. Like, yeah. Jones, Akers are right there. Where, like, you look at it, you're like, oh, want I play JD McKissick over Cam Akers. And just, like, name <laughs> brand recogn- recognizing and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think there'd be a lot of lineups with both these guys.
2: I think the, the other difference is that you know Akers is getting work. Yes. Regardless of game script.
1: A hundred, I agree 100%. Yeah.
2: Jones, probably. Yeah. Um,
1: They'd have to get behind to start dumping. And I just, I mean, they could get behind to Washington. Stranger things happen. But I think it's safe to say that they're going to be in that game no matter what.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. And so, I mean, obviously it's the game script that's expected based on the total and the spread. But, like, you need the right game script for McKissick and uh, more Hines. I think McKissick is much more reliable um, than Hines. But, um, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I don't see myself playing either of those guys. I think it's Jones and Akers, and you just go from there.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to have some uh, McKissick-Hines lineup. Not together, but, like, some some, uh, some tossed in there. I like, I think I like Hines a little bit more just kind of from a talent. Like We're looking for, you know, a ceiling guy in a game sure. like this. And I think he's a guy that could, you know, if he gets the pass, it could really go off, whereas McKissick is, like, you're hoping for nine catches for the PPR stuff, and right, then he really does yards. well, but, like, I think the the big game is where you can get from Naheem Hines. If they get behind this game, he can make a he can make a lot of plays in the passing game.
2: Do you think any of the ones below are even worth looking at? I don't. Do you? Not certainly not in cash. I mean
1: I mean it's a three game slate in the playoffs. Like someone could have a six yard touchdown, but like yeah. nobody that I'm considering playing down here. And the thing with Hines, I just want to go back to Hines real quick. They were way behind Tennessee week twelve, and he had ten targets in that game. Like it's just the most recent game where they were a bunch behind and trailing, he was very involved in the passing game. He has 12 targets the last couple of weeks. I think he's the guy that if you think Buffalo really gets out to a lead and plays really well like they have been the last two and a half months, I think Hines is the uh, is the best play down here in terms of if, – if you think that game ship goes that way. Okay. I like it. I just – I think he's talented. I think that yep. maybe if, he's, if he's catching the ball, you want, he's a guy you want to have in your line if he's catching a bunch of passes and – um, if you're going to go away from Taylor, I think I think you'd do it because you'd go down to Hines and then find the money elsewhere.
2: Yeah, what's going to be super frustrating is that the combo is actually going to be Zach Moss and Hines. Because <laughs> Moss has three one-yard touchdowns. Right.
1: It, 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 it's possible if you think the game works out that way. But yeah. let's jump into quarterbacks. Um, this is a weird quarterback slate because we've got... We've got Wolford and Goff, you know, who's happening there. We've got Philip Rivers, who I don't think people want to play, Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke. Like, we don't even know if Smith's going to play. He's questionable. I think he will. But he's still technically questionable. So it kind of takes us down to three quarterbacks, like, off the bat. And I mean, you want to play Phil Rivers, fine, but, like, I'm not probably not doing it. You've got Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson. Um, Allen's 7,500 on DraftKings. Brady's 6,900. Wilson down to 6,600. Um, we've talked about the struggle with that offense in the second half. Um, Russ has not topped 265 yards the last eight weeks, which is like, if I told you that two months ago, it would sound impossible. Oh, Russell Wilson got hurt. Like that would be the only way to work it out. Right. Um, I think everybody's gonna play Allen or Brady. Um, and I don't think it's that hard to get them in. I just think, I think they're going to be very, very popular, the two of them.
2: Um, I think you're giving Brady and Russ too much credit.
1: I think it's just all Allen. I think the, I think the legitimate conversation
2: is... Why don't I play Allen?
1: I haven't found an answer to that question. Right. <laughs> right.
2: Um,
1: the reason you don't is because you're in a tournament. You're trying to be different. Yes. You hope they run the ball, and you hope that Brady goes off against Washington. The way you do, or Russell Wilson. The, the reason you do it is because you're just you're trying not to. Right. So you're like break it down: the talent and the points. You play Allen.
2: So the the Wilson argument is like it's a low total. They're not throwing the ball anymore, and he's playing the best secondary in the NFL. It lines
1: up lines up as badly as possible.
2: Um, right, and Brady has an easier matchup, but Washington's very good. We talked about you know they can pressure the quarterback where where he struggles. Um, I think I think Brady at least has a case, um, but if you like, I don't think you play Brady and Ronald Jones. So if you're locked into Jones, then mm-hmm. frankly, if you play Jones then you have the money for Allen. Like, there are just too, way too many paths. Like, it would have been much better if Allen was 9500 But I, it's 75 it's just like, I, everyone is going to play him.
1: You know what's crazy with Josh Allen? You know how many 300-yard passing games he had coming into the season total in his career? Two. Zero. <laughs> yeah. It is he, like, had, he had eight this year. Yeah. The, like, you know, talk about a guy who, like, took a not only a step up, but a gigantic leap up. Like, this is a different player than it was. I mean, he had some moments in the last couple of years, and they made the playoffs. I think they made the playoffs last year. And he had some moments. He was running the ball, and, like, he had some stuff. But, like, he is a completely different quarterback this year. It's been pretty awesome to watch.
2: Yeah, I uh Scott Pianowski got, like, called out this week by somebody who found a tweet of his from the end of last season where he basically was like, we haven't seen it with Allen. Which quarterbacks after the— Two seasons like improve as much you know improve right. so why should we be optimistic everyone's like oh look how wrong you were and it's like find anyone who saw this season coming and credit them like going back and finding tweets of people who are literally just re- reacting to two horrific seasons like
1: yeah i'm sure i've got plenty of josh allen can't can't throw the ball near his receiver tweets. like i'm sure they're there but he just, he's a different guy. Like the accuracy has totally changed the arm strength. He always, always could throw the ball, you know, out of the stadium, but um, he's a completely different guy. It's, it's been fun to watch. And I mean, finish the season, Hughes multiple touchdowns, last eight games, 300 plus yards passing in three of five. He has eight rushing touchdowns also. Like, um, he's just been awesome. Like I just, like the way you said it was the best. Like you either, you're either just playing him or you're trying to, you know, be creative and find a way not to, because you think you just want to be different.
2: Yeah. Adding Stefan Diggs might have a role.
1: Yeah. I mean, that obviously helped a lot it's weird how that I mean, happens yeah exactly you got a you got a stud wide receiver that certainly helps but um yeah i agree with you i mean i guess that maybe if you think that uh you know indy rolls over them you play taylor and you go away from allen but um i think that if they're trailing you, you you definitely want josh allen if they're trailing and um yeah i just he i think he's far and away the best guy in the slate
2: where would you have fallen on goff if he was fully healthy
1: I don't think golf's good, so um, not very well. Okay. How much is he? They, they obviously priced him is six thousand. Like, yeah. I would. I, I'd certainly find the money up to Brady. and I'd try and find the money up to Allen. I just, if you wanted to play a game stack where you think you know nobody's playing this game, and I just want to get there, like maybe. But Seattle defense has improved enough, and I just don't. I just don't like what I've seen from golf. Like the last, like I guess the second half of the season mostly.
2: So um, would you have played Wilson
1: over him? Yeah, I'd play Wilson over him and we're just purely playing a talent. Like he's got right. the good receivers. He's, he's super talented. Like it's a terrible setup with the defense and the way, the way they're calling games right now. But yeah, I'd play Wilson over Goff for sure. Okay.
2: I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, Goff yeah, is yeah. banged up anyway. So
1: yeah, I mean, and then, I mean, I'm, we got three games. I don't think I'm going to John Wilford or Alex Smith. Like I get people may do that. We'll do that in a three game slate to be different, but I just don't think I'm not going there.
2: Yeah. I, I assume the cheapest people go is, is rivers.
1: I think, I think so, too. He's 5,400, and he's just kind of, like, the floor is fine, but there's just so limited ceiling. He was over 20 points, like, three times. He was quarterback 20 on the season. Like, he was just fine. I get it. If they get behind, he's got to throw a lot more than he does. He's got some interesting weapons at receiver. But um, the Bills pass He was really good in the second half, 5.8 YPA the last seven games. Like, it just, it's just not a spot with three games that I really want to really take Rivers. Yeah, I think,
2: yeah, I cash is tough, but. For GPP, I think it's kind of interesting, especially if people, like if you're playing the, we've talked about this like numerous times throughout the season. Like if you have, if there's like a clear team that you can target for GPP purposes in terms of, you know, they're an underdog or whatever, um, most people are going to go to like their first offensive route. So like, um, because everybody's, you know, if you're like, I think the Colts are going to win, everybody's going to go to Taylor. So if everything's going to go to Taylor, just go to Rivers and yeah. stack them with you know Pittman and Hilton or whatever, and yeah, there's enough. You, cut,
1: there. you, you come back with Diggs super easily at that point too. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a slate that's a stack that could work if you think the, you know if you think yeah Buffalo gets up and maybe runs the ball a bunch second half you can see if Rivers throws the ball forty five times like suddenly that floor right. starts to sneak up a little bit right so. right. Let's let's jump into receivers and you mentioned Diggs. Diggs is the, is the top guy in the slate 7700 led the NFL in receptions and in yards uh, I've, 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 He's always been good, but like this is a pretty significant breakout season I mean, He was like a fourth or fifth round pick in draft, So he was like he was everybody's like, oh, I always love Stefan Diggs. Well, like yeah, well he wasn't that loved because he really wasn't good, yeah. Yeah, there were like 20 wide receivers drafted before him, but he is questionable He has no bleak. I don't think there's any way that he sits out this game if he can like he's just a guy that I don't think you're going to keep off the field Seven-plus catches the last eight games of the year. Everything's been fantastic. The Colts have allowed multiple touchdowns to wide receivers the last three games. Like, it all lines up, as long as Diggs is out there and healthy, that he's clearly the the best wide receiver play on paper.
2: Yeah, totally agree. Um, and I think it's another reason why people pay down at running back and don't play Taylor, because if you want Allen and Diggs, then you're going to have to find some values elsewhere. But...
1: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the Allen-Diggs stack is going to be on so many lineups. Right, it's gonna be, right. I mean, it's just... The way this slate comes out, there's not a ton of... Plays and stacks that look that good. And I just, I think a lot of people are just going to put those two in and then figure out the lineup around it.
2: Yeah. Um, we obviously mentioned John Brown, um, who is much cheaper. I, I like John Brown. Um, it's, I think the conversation about John Brown is just like, how much Buffalo do you want? And I don't think that's too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. I think that, that uh, I, I agree there too. Now, the interesting, the tough parts of wide receiver this week are. The Buccaneers and the Seahawks on this slate. Like, you're trying to figure out which guys to play. I think that Mike Evans' injury status is super important for this slate. Like, if he plays, it makes the Tampa Bay receivers even more difficult to figure out. I think if he doesn't play, then you can play Godwin or Antonio Brown and kind of feel pretty good that they're going to get a lot of targets. Like, I think that you take that one big piece out, it just totally changes, you know, what Godwin and Brown look like to me. Um, he's questionably partially practiced Thursday. They have the advantage of, you know, maybe they can win this game without him, kind of thing. Whereas most teams like, we gotta get our best guy out there yeah. and see if they can do it. That's dangerous to do in the playoffs. Um, I get that, but uh, you know they gotta make sure that Evans is like the knee injury looked scary when he did it yesterday the last week. He just kind of he dropped that pass in the end zone. You're like, oh, he's done. And the fact that he's even partially practicing is pretty amazing to me. But and he got Metcalf and Lockett. Like Metcalf's been the guy all year. Lockett has is the guy that has like the huge, massive games out of nowhere. He had a huge game last week. It was very—the game against the Niners last week was very weird. Metcalf had nine targets and caught three balls. Uh, you know, that's obvious on Wilson because Metcalf was not dropping passes, really. He had doesn't in the pass but he didn't do that. Lockett had uh, the two touchdowns. What do you do with these two teams? Like, the Buccaneers and Seahawks, I think figuring out the right guy here is, is obviously huge.
2: I think even if he's playing—like, even if he's active, I think you can play the slate as if Evans is not
1: playing. All right. Um, You think if he's active, he's a a decoy, kind of not 100% and you don't want to pay for him anyway? I think,
2: yeah, I think the conversation is less about whether you want to play Evans and more like what Evans does to your decision about playing Godwin and Brown. Um, That injury was so gross. like. I am astonished that he's has not been ruled out for next season like I
1: thought I thought he tore his ACL yeah it. like I, I was sh- non-contact the way he slipped I thought he was oh, like I was like that sucks he's done he had just got to a thousand yards too, yeah and, like got all his bonuses and stuff you're like oh it was just it sucked but it um great news that he's not I mean that's awesome yeah it
2: so I don't think you plan him uh obviously there's some GPP leverage there for people because I think most people will be scared off of it um because Diggs has such I don't want to say it's a great matchup, but like because Diggs' matchup is better. Um, I I think more people will look at God when it's seven thousand and just say, I'll just find the seven hundred to get to Diggs, especially when I can only pay sixty one for Brown. Um like I think Brown will end up being the most popular one and uh at least of of the Tampa Bay guys. Okay. Um Lockett being more expensive than Metcalf on DraftKings is, is odd to me i'll put it that way um it's one of those things that like uh he the the what was it a four touchdown game is that how Lock many it? he had
1: he had he had two two three touchdown two, games. two three touchdown games all right and a two touchdown he had he had eight he did eight of his ten touchdowns in three games
2: it was right, right right it was the three touchdowns and 200 yards um and
1: one of them one of them was in week 17 which like for fantasy leagues like a lot of people didn't even it didn't even count so it's it's four. right
2: um so Somebody was like – somebody posted something the other day about how I think PPR points lock it finish like two-tenths of a point behind Metcalf per game.
1: It's 273.3 to 265.4. So, yeah, that's probably about right. About that, yeah. Like um, half, a half point a game maybe. Like, right. crazy that they ended up that close considering where it was like even like four or five weeks ago. Right.
2: Um, and that, of course, includes two touchdowns in this garbage week 17. Um, like, so I just don't see how – I mean, the the I see the reason you take Lockett because he has this absurd upside. Not that, like, Metcalf doesn't. Yeah. But Metcalf's just obviously the more reliable. But
1: Jalen Ramsey doesn't really shadow, so I don't think he can really play it as, like... He probably won't guard Lockett as much because Lockett will be in the slot and move yeah. around. But
2: but the whole defense I mean, is good.
1: The Rams allowed 100-yard receiver all year. Yeah. Do you know who it was? My boy.
2: Jameson Crowder? Oh, no.
1: <laughs> Not a good call. Uh, Debo Samuel, 134 oh, yards yeah. in Week 12. But... Like this defense is really good. Like it, they rush the quarterback and they play good in the yeah. secondary. Play well in the secondary. Sorry, um, but it's DK Metcalf. Like the targets are still there: eight, eight, six, eight, nine. The last five weeks, he hasn't topped eighty yards. Um, I don't know. I'm playing. I'm playing Metcalf over Lockett this week myself.
2: That's that's how I would look at it. But I think, I think you'd rather play Diggs and Godwin or Diggs and Brown. Like I think. It's just not a wide receiver I need to pay up for in that game.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that the, the Godwin Brown point is interesting. I think I, I agree with you there. I think the, the people are going to just move to Brown because he's nine hundred dollars cheaper, right. um, which makes Godwin pretty interesting to me. Like I think that uh, if you're going to get uh, what I would call the best receiver on this team, he was he was huge last week. He wasn't, you know, Brown had fourteen targets, but Godwin had hundred three thirty yards and two touchdowns, also only seven targets. Seven. I mean, yeah, it, it's just so it, I don't know why they don't it, it, everybody on Twitter is like, oh, my God, throw the ball to God when he's so good. and It just doesn't happen. But um, I think you're right. I think that everybody will go nine dollars cheaper and just see Brown and kind of kind of go there pretty quickly. Yeah. And I mean. Can you can you play Terry McLaurin in this game?
2: Um, Didn't yeah. look
1: didn't look healthy to me no. last week, but, you know, had eight targets, had a touchdown, seven catches, He had the high ankle sprain, paid 51 snaps. Like, I think that you can. Didn't look healthy to me, but I think it's safe to say maybe another week later, they're going to use him a lot, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I think that whether he's 100% or not, he's going to pop the but out there playing a lot. If you think the game script works out as, as everybody does, um, they ain't running the ball against Tampa Bay, and they're going to throw the ball a ton. Um, I don't know, best receiver, most talented guy on a, on a team that has got to throw the ball a lot, at least lines up game script-wise.
2: That all makes sense, yes.
1: Last week with his first touchdown within the red zone all season long. <sighs> what a waste. He only had four receiving touchdowns all year. It's just yeah. it's a shame. Like, and you see these big splash plays, and like he he's so talented, but the quarterback situation is rough.
2: Yeah, I don't. I think like for single entry stuff, like or not single, but like low um, entry tournaments, I I think most people are just going to ignore him. I'll be one of them.
1: What do you do with the Rams, guys? Uh, Robert Woods is 6,200. Obviously, been a little quiet down the stretch. Mostly due to quarterback play, I think, more than anything. And then Cooper Cup's 6,000. He's back practicing after he was on the COVID list. Um, I almost always go to Woods over Cup, just kind of consistency and targets. And I just – I don't know. I like Robert Woods a lot. Um, didn't do very much at all in the two games against Seattle. He had like 33 and 48 yards. Um, I don't know. Quarterback play is just so hard to figure out here.
2: Do you – Feel differently if we know Goff is playing.
1: Probably because I think you gonna get those like you know easy, quick dump off, you know, quick completions that, that Woods gets, the you know the the ten yard uh, plays, and I like that with with Golf. I don't like Golf, but I like that with Woods. But yeah, probably I think that uh, I think the I think the floor's better with Goff. I don't know if the ceiling's any different though.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'm with you that I never played Cup over
1: Woods. Like, yeah, and Cup has had a couple big games, but. He only had three touchdowns all year and he was 10.6 yards per catch like he did doesn't he wasn't as super effective all year
2: no yeah i um yeah i think woods is the guy um i think i think i will probably i can't believe i'm saying this i think i'd probably look at ty hilton before these guys um just given the I mean, fact the matchup's yeah. better and
1: and or you think that a we, that's if you I mean. think they're, you think they're trailing, like it's in a, in a higher scoring game. I mean, I think that makes sense. He only has, he only has 10 catches the last three weeks. It was just kind of weird. I thought he was doing a little bit better than that. He scored in four last games. It helps. But the only problem here is Tredavious white might be on him a ton. And, um, you know, he doesn't do a lot against Tredavious white historically.
2: <laughs> not many do. Um, not many do. It's
1: like, that's that's not a T.Y. Hilton critique. It's more of a Tredavious white's really damn good.
2: Yeah. I um, I mean, Honestly, I think I'm just avo- avoiding all of them, like in this in this range. Um,
1: Got gotta play three though.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I think. <laughs> I mean, we get to John Brown, and yeah, I think especially if Beasley doesn't play, like if Beasley doesn't play, John Brown is going to be really popular.
1: Yeah, he's forty-seven hundred on games, and you played thirty snaps last week. His first yeah. game back, four for seventy-two. Had the had the nice touchdown nice catch. Touchdown. Last three games he played, 99, 72, and 72 yards on 18 catches. Like he, when he plays, he's very involved, very active, and makes a really nice option against Diggs, who's obviously going to get a ton of attention. Yeah, uh, you know they they can't do anything but single cover John Brown the whole game.
2: Right. Yeah. Simple as that. I think he's fine even if Beasley plays. I think. Yeah, because
1: I think they're an outside versus a slot guy. I think that uh, I think he could still be fine.
2: Yeah. It's more like, do you play Beasley if he plays? To me, it's if Beasley
1: doesn't play. Do you play Isaiah McKenzie?
2: Um, how much is
1: he? Thirty-three hundred. Oh, and obviously, everyone's like, "Oh, he scored. Tw- he scored three times. Like he had a, he had a punt return too. He scored three times. Whatever It's one thing, but like, if Beasley doesn't play, McKenzie's the slot guy, and he had nine targets last week nine, on fifty-eight yeah. snaps. Like, it, it's very clear that he was the slot guy, and you know, expect the touchdowns, all that kind of stuff. But you expect, uh, expect some targets and some work if, if Beasley does not play.
2: I was scrolling through. I'm still bitter about Gabriel Davis's bailout touchdown last week.
1: Oh, that was yeah, it was garbage. So I don't even know why they were still throwing the ball at that point.
2: Oh, so many donkeys getting away with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Mackenzie makes a ton of sense. Um,
1: it has to be Beasley not being interactive right. fully, but yeah, of course. I think. Is there anybody else down here cheaper you like? Like, I looked at Cam Sims and Zach Pascal, and nobody's really firing me up. I think it's uh, for me. It's the Buffalo guys, Brown at forty seven hundred, McKenzie maybe at thirty three hundred, but. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess Pascal, if you think that Indy's trailing and he's been more involved than Michael Pittman the last uh, few weeks, but he played 61 and 56 snaps last two weeks, but nobody really excited me down here. I was gonna say the
2: problem with the Colts is like the runbacks. If you want to do that with Buffalo, is just not that like, these guys, they're all just guys like,
1: yeah, they are. And you, you're hoping for the, the you're gonna find the guy that gets the touchdown late and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, Cam Stims played what had 22 targets last three weeks, had 13 catches. Uh, plays a lot, a lot of snaps, good game script, So I think maybe you get away with that at 300 if you, you know don't want to play McLaurin and want someone in that game that kind of come back in the second half. But um, they're all kind of leaps of faith down here.
2: Do you play Brown over Beasley if Beasley's in? I do. You do?
1: Yeah. Just because I don't think Beasley's going to be 100% if he plays. that, uh... And stupid that he was in, by the way. They were way up in that game, week 16. Everybody's like, why is Josh Allen still in? And then Beasley got hurt. I'm like, well. There you go. There you go. Everybody on, everybody on Twitter wanted something bad to happen because they were running it up, and there it was. And, uh, I, I think I played Brown first.
2: Okay. Agreed.
1: Uh, real quick on tight ends. I think tight ends this week uh, on this slate comes down to um, Logan Thomas at 4,900 or Gronk at 3,900. And then if you want to go super cheap, there's some options out here. But I think it comes down, you have to figure out whether you want to play Logan Thomas at 4,900. He's way higher price than everybody else. Yep.
2: Um, and I, there are plenty of values. I mean, we were just touching on a bunch of them that, like, paying up for tight end this week isn't that bad um the and it's def- still,
1: you're still under 5,000 so it's right not bad. um
2: and the defenses are pretty cheap um yeah so you know that's I think you're right Thomas and Gronk is where everyone's gonna go Gronk I think will be more popular if Evans doesn't play um
1: Gronk catches the last four weeks one three two and two and he's always a factor in the red zone touchdown but like he has three or fewer catches in seven of the last eight games. He has been not involved except for one game since Antonio Brown arrived.
2: He had three touchdowns in those four games though.
1: Yeah. I hope everybody plays Gronk. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. I do. I just I think I mean Logan Thomas has double digit PPR in six straight games. Um he's a thousand more than Gronk, which helps and like and people over here are being like, Oh, I'll just pay a thousand less for Rob Gronkowski on the team with the the big implied total yeah. and Tom Brady and all that. Um I think Logan Thomas is a way better play.
2: What about Dawson Wait, Knox?
1: He's the, it's him and Higby down here that I had highlighted to talk about. He's 32, Knox is 3,200. He's just, I mean, you have to get the touchdown, but it's a team that has the, the highest implied total, but he had five end zone targets this year, but I don't know. He topped 50 yards once all year. I'd, I'd go to Higby first, I think. Okay. I mean, and I don't, I don't love the fact that him and Everett split, essentially split targets. They each have 17 the last four weeks, but Higby's the bigger play guy. He's 176 yards and a touchdown in those four games. And Everett has like 70 yards total. Um, I'd play Higby over Knox, but I get, if you want to go to Knox and get a piece of that game and kind of stack him with, with Allen and Diggs too, I get that. But, um, head to head, I'd rather have Higby. Okay.
2: That makes sense. Um,
1: don't, don't really love any of them. I think, right. I think Logan Thomas is clearly the best tight end on this slate.
2: Um, does McLaurin affect that at all? I mean, McLaurin's going to play. He's going to play.
1: Yeah. If he played last week, he's going to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's jump into defense real quick. It's funny because like the other, the next slate has no defensive options. This one has a bunch. Um, I liked Tampa Bay and Seattle the most, especially if uh, Wolford plays. You know, you're facing a rookie quarterback on the road, first playoff game. I get there's no fans, but that's still an intimidating situation, more than intimidating crowd. But they're only totally 2700. I, that's where I kind of went right away. They have 10 sacks the last three games and. Um, Tampa against Washington, you know, nice game script. Alex Smith throwing the ball a lot. The second half is probably something you want to face. 14 sacks last four weeks. They forced four turnovers last last two weeks. Those are the two that uh, that jumped out to me as the best plays on this slate. Uh,
2: totally agree. I think it it's as simple as that. Um, if
1: you want it to be different, because I think those two will be very popular. I think the different way to go is the Rams. Hmm. 20, 2900 against Russell Wilson. I just think they have 17 sacks last four games. Wilson does like to take sacks. Um, I think if you want to be different, that's the game that like they could force him into some mistakes. I, I mean, it's Russell Wilson. So I never really want to play against him. And I'd like Seattle and Tampa more, but I think if you wanted to go lower percent, you know, favor or underdog on the road, I think they're the ones that are going to put up some points with sacks and maybe get a big playoff. I
2: thought you were going to say Washington.
1: I figured you thought I was going to say Washington. Cause I think, I think they work too. I mean, it, if they can pressure Brady and we talked about, we talked about Brady's not very good under pressure. Like there's actually stats that back that up. Like he yeah. is I'm looking at it right now. He's forty-three point nine percent completion rate and five point two ypa under pressure. Yeah, just ask like Eli
2: Manning how Tom Brady does under pressure. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, Brady under pressure is totally different. If they rush the quarterback, yeah, I mean they could they could force Brady some mistakes yep. for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's jump into the second slate. Um, I think it's got a lot more a lot more playable offensive guys. But first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO. That's R-O-T-O to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and playing your, placing your first bet today. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. If you please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLE New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800 889 9789. If you are someone who has a gambling problem and wants help in Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So the second uh, second slate here, we got three games on Sunday also. Uh, we start in the morning. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh,
2: I have Twitter open here. Uh oh. As out? we go. On this date in 2011, Marshawn Lynch erupts for a 67 yard rushing touchdown to help the 7 and 9 Seahawks. Win the wild card playoff game against the Saints.
1: I was not making up stats for once. There you go, Beastquake. That's right. That game, that game was crazy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's perfect. So the Sunday slate, we got three games. Uh, the big, uh, it's weird. The, the highest scoring game also is the 10 a.m. game, one o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, Baltimore at Tennessee is a, I think, pretty clearly the most interesting and fascinating matchup this whole weekend. Um, Baltimore is favored on the road by three and a half points, even though that uh, Tennessee beat them in the playoffs last year over under is 54 and a half in this game. Baltimore implied total is around 29, Tennessee's around 26. So Baltimore is the highest on the slate. Um, Tennessee is like the fourth highest but right behind Pittsburgh. Um Tennessee smoked them in the playoffs last year. They were they were they were pretty dominant in that game. They jumped out early. They they beat up Lamar Jackson pretty well. Baltimore's won five in a row. Seems to be hitting their stride. This is a, this is a really fun and interesting game.
2: Um Tennessee's implied total is almost the same as Tampa Bay's
1: it's crazy. You, you compare the two slates and like there's four teams that are almost the size. It's just, right. the, it's a, it's a, it's a much better offensive slate for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, am I getting too caught up in what they've done recently to think that the Titans win
1: this game? No, I don't, I three and a half points spread on the road seems crazy to me.
2: It seems I just, like a lot.
1: I feel like I'm missing something here. Like I think Tennessee's pretty darn good plays them. Well, I think what they beat them in overtime in the regular season. Is that what it was? Yep. Um, like, I, think I think the stretch rebound I think I think Baltimore is probably a better overall team when you look at it but the spread feels like it should be even to me not not minus three and a half
2: that's I mean I will completely admit that I do not watch a ton of Ravens games because I like watching good football instead of this <laughs> ugly stuff they play but like um yeah it seems like it should be higher than that
1: and they're they're really good I just happen to think that Tennessee especially at home is is really good too
2: right right it's uh it's a weird one to me
1: Fun game though. there's a lot of a lot of guys to play in, in, in fantasy. There's a lot it's an interesting game just from a football perspective. What are they gonna do with Derrick Henry? I mean, you got a guy that had two thousand yards rushing. Derrick Henry led the NFL in carries, rush yards, and rushing touchdowns for back to back seasons. Like wow. It doesn't happen with running backs. Like it just running backs like have huge years and then kind of dip down a little bit. He's just been dominant two years in a row. Uh, then we get to the one o'clock game, which is uh, you know, a ten point spread, the Saints over the Bears. Uh over/under there is forty-seven and a half. New Orleans' implied total is actually almost as high as Baltimore's. It's twenty-eight and a quarter. Um, Chicago's implied total is eighteen point seven five. Uh, weird game. Like you got probably the you know the best team in the NFC playing this week. You know, Green Bay is obviously off on the buy um, against Chicago, who kind of snuck into the playoffs and you know didn't really look good last week against Green Bay with Mitch Trubisky. Um, clearly, this is the, it appears to be the most lopsided game. And the fact that Washington at seven and nine is not the biggest underdog of the weekend is pretty wild.
2: Do you think? Ignoring that, uh, although it kind of plays into it, do you think Washington has a better chance of beating the Tampa Bay than Chicago does against the Saints? That's
1: a really good question. I think I do. I think I can find a path for Washington to win easier than I can Chicago. Really? So I think the path is that Washington's defense just balls out and hits Brady and he's a mess and they win kind of a close, ugly game. The problem with Chicago is New Orleans' offense is good and their defense is really good. So it's just like a, it's a hard way to see I just I don't know with Kamara playing with Michael Thomas back I, I I have Washington I think Washington's a better path I don't think either one has a good path but if you made me if you made me pick one of them on the money line I'd take Washington okay I so it sounds like you sounds like you go Chicago
2: I think it's more that I could see Sean Payton trying to outsmart himself
1: well why could you see that he only does it every single right. week right
2: and not that like uh, the Bears are a fantastic team they're defensively very good. Um I don't know. I I think I would be less surprised if Chicago won than if Washington yeah. football team won.
1: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'd go the other way just so I think you get an ugly game, but it makes sense. Then the last game of the day we've got uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh who just played last week. Um Pittsburgh obviously is gonna use their starters in this game, I'm i I'm assuming. Uh Pittsburgh's the Browns might not. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The Pittsburgh's favored by six over under forty seven. Uh, Pittsburgh implied total is twenty six point seven five. Cleveland's twenty point seven five. The, the, obviously, the big news here is the COVID stuff. Um, Kevin Stefanski's not going to be coaching. He tested positive. They're missing one. They're missing their starting guard. And you know, Cleveland's offensive line has kind of been what they've leaned on all year. The thing with Cleveland is they're not practicing all week either. Like they just played Pittsburgh last week, which helps in like game planning and installing stuff. But like they're not in the facility. That today I haven't seen if they open it today or not. But yesterday it was not open. Wednesday was not open. Um, the Steelers have Joe Hayden on the COVID list. He's not going to play either. But like at least they're like in the facility of practicing and playing. But the Steelers are fourteen and zero in Pittsburgh under Mike Tomlin against the Browns. Uh, they have never lost to them in this building with Tomlin coaching. They won thirty eight to seven in this building in week six. Different teams than they were in week six. Obviously, Pittsburgh had that stretch where they looked really bad, and the only time they haven't looked bad is that second half against the Indy when they looked awesome. Um, this is a weird game, and the COVID stuff kind of even makes it weirder. I
2: mean, you know what they say, Scott? It's tough to beat a tie a team uh, fifteen straight times. So. Fifteen straight times. <laughs> um,
1: I just I feel bad for the Browns. Like this is like they haven't made the playoffs in eighteen years, and now they can't even like practice. Like it's just it's it's kind of a bummer.
2: It it is. Um... I don't know how you like can comfortably play any of them. Like it's as simple as that.
1: You're talking. You're going to sell me on
2: oh, the Browns. Like I'm sure you're uh, you going to sell me you know on I'm Nick gonna Chubb. you
1: I'm going to sell you on Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, the Nick Chubb stuff is coming, but yeah, it's it's. I'm not. I'm not playing anyone for their passing game. Maybe a cheap receiver or something like that. But I just. It's too bad because the Cleveland had bad. a good year, a fun year, and just it's hard to like. It's a playoff game, and you haven't practiced for a week. Like it's just it's just a tough situation.
2: Do you think they would have felt differently had they not just played?
1: Yeah, I think that probably it probably helps them because they like literally just set up a game plan. But like it's a completely different Steelers team they're playing. Like they were sitting guys and there was no Ben and like Mason Rudolph sucks. And like there's just like it, I don't know. it It helps. But it's it doesn't help as much as it would if they it was like a regular a regular game where everybody played and they had a full game plan. But I think it just sucks. Like I just I just wish it didn't happen. You don't want it to happen in the playoffs. And hopefully they don't get any more positive tests. Like that's the that's the real story here. Is like we're not done with Cleveland yeah. guys testing. So we don't know what's gonna happen here. And um I just hope they they get everybody else going and at least can give it a, a good shot at this game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. let's jump let's jump into the slate. There's a lot of guys to talk about. Uh, running back is completely different than we have on the other slate. We've got uh, Two guys at 8,500 or higher. We have Derek Henry. We talked about his accolades earlier. 9,200 on DraftKings. Alvin Kamara tweeted yesterday, uh, I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, you know, if the, if the Saints had played on Saturday, he would have been eligible to play. And magically, they got the Sunday game, which I don't know how that happened. It's amazing how that, amazing. that worked out that way. Yeah. If it was the Niners, they would have had to play Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Still bitter. Um,
2: Broncos fans are wondering why you're bitter.
1: Right, exactly. Totally true. Um Kamara's eighty five hundred. Obviously he's tweeted is playing. There's no way for us to know how like physically fit he is coming off COVID. What we don't know what his symptoms were, if they were any at all. Like he could be totally fine or he could be like having trouble breathing by the end of the first quarter. Like it's just hard for us to know. Um I think that factor makes uh, makes Henry probably a lot higher like higher owed. Even though they're underdogs? Even though they're underdogs. Have you tried to get both of them? It's hard. You can do it. I'm trying to remember. I did it, and I'm trying to remember who I played at quarterback. I guess you're gonna have to go Breeze or Tubisky, or 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 you go Ben too. Like, there's a lot of options. You, there's more options on this slate to get cheap. Other places you can do it, and the there's no there's no digs on this slate. So like the, the receivers are cheaper too. Like everybody's seven thousand or below. Um, yeah, it's doable. It looks a little ugly, and you can't play Lamar, but um, it's doable. You, and you got to go. You probably have to go Connor or Hunt, maybe as you as you go that your third, but or you go cheap receiver, but. Um, it's doable, but it's tough.
2: Yeah. Um, obviously, we—it's a very different situation than than the Saturday one, just running back wise like you said, um, which makes built like actual construction significantly different. Um,
1: it is. It's it's a lot harder to to get everything you want in the slate because there's so many better players.
2: Yeah, I think there will be a lot of people who just jam them in, though.
1: You think so? Yeah. I think I think you're probably right. Now that you said that, and I kind of scrolled down to the receivers. Um, yeah, I mean, like you can. It's funny. We'd look to talk to the receivers last week We'd be like, "Oh, like only TY Hilton's in this range that you could even play." And like on this thing you've got Corey Davis, you got Marquise Brown, you got Chase Claypool, you got Juju. Like there's a whole bunch of like guys you could talk yourself into pretty easily that are good in the in the $5500 or, or lower range. And you're right. There's a lot there's a lot of the ways to get around it. You're probably right. There's probably going to be a lot of people that jam both.
2: Yeah, I think it's just as simple as like looking at the 2v2s where you're like, "Yes, uh not to like skip ahead to wide receiver, but like yes, I would like to play Allen Robinson or Michael Thomas or AJ Brown." But it's like would I do? I want to play them so that instead of playing Kamara, I have to play uh, Gus Edwards. And you're like Michael no,
1: Thomas. I... Michael Thomas still hasn't scored this year. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't want to play Gus Edwards. But like the, the fascinating fact of this is like you jump down to running back though. There's three guys that are interesting in the six thousands. Like yeah, we had nobody to talk about in the other slate. We had Jonathan Taylor, and then we went out to Chris Carson. Yeah, we've got three. And guys. I in him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, are, you love Chris Carson. There's three guys in the 6,000 I think are very playable and really interesting. I mean, Nick Chubb, who everybody knows I love. David Montgomery, who's been awesome lately. He's 6,900. And J.K. Dobbins is 6,600. It has been it has a huge week last week. Like, all three of these guys are better than anybody else on that other slate besides Jonathan Taylor. We've got five running backs on the slate. Where we had one that was really good in the other slate. Like, it's it's wild. And that one was a seven-point underdog, too. Like, yeah. It's crazy how different the running backs are from slate one to slate two.
2: Um, Every... It's been, what, well, like six weeks in a row where after Dobbins' game, you're just like, why has this not been happening every single
1: game? And we talked about him in preseason. I love J.K. Dobbins, and I'm frustrated that it hasn't happened every game. And still, he still has only more, more than 15 touches in two games. Like, he's so damn good. And with Lamar there, like, the opportunity for him to go off is just... is like It's like, it's there on every play. It's crazy yeah. how... Like, there's a big play potential every time he touches the ball.
2: Yeah, totally. um Do you think... Chubb is more popular than Montgomery.
1: No, I think Montgomery's a little more popular, but I think they're probably pretty close.
2: But they're probably behind Henry, Camara, and maybe Dobbins.
1: I think they're behind Henry and Kamara. Um, I think Chubb, Montgomery, and Dobbins are probably pretty close. All three. Of them.
2: Okay, like Dobbins blindly is the starting running back for a favored team.
1: Yeah, and and that man, loves right to can. run the ball. 13 for 160 and two touchdowns last week. And you got to think that if it's a close game, like they're going to, they're not going to pull back on him now. I mean, that's like, it's a playoff game. Like they can go full, full go. The only thing with Dobbins is like nothing in the past game. He has two targets the last five weeks. Like they do not throw him the ball at all. Yeah. And the PPR setup that matters. The interesting thing with me with Montgomery that I think is really interesting this week is last week they were trailing green Bay. And you're like, Oh, I wonder what they look like trailing. Cause they've been leading like the last five weeks. They've been, you know, they've been running the ball. He had nine targets last week. Yeah. Like, I think that is the most interesting to take away from that entire game is the fact that they were trailing and now they're big underdogs in the game. And it's really positive to me that they used him so much in the passing game. I think that was a a huge factor to me looking at playing him this week. Because I think if they hadn't used him last week, I'd be like, eh, if they're trailing, I don't know what they do with Montgomery. Uh, Because I I like to feed him in the running game, obviously. But I think they're going to – they're at the point of their season where they figure out they need to put the ball in his hands however the game is working out. I agree with you. I
2: I think, um, yeah, I think he'll be,
1: he's faced terrible defense. We talked about that a lot. This defense is way better, but I think that's a big factor that he had nine targets last week.
2: Yeah. Um, I think that's what separates him with Chubb. Like the fact that Chubb and uh, like, (laughs) I think I said it 17 weeks that like, you always have to think about Kareem hunt, like possibly taking some stuff. And then Chubb goes 19 for one thirty five and two touchdowns. And it doesn't matter, but um, I love Chubb. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you're more likely to get more out of the Bears offense through Montgomery than you are out of the Browns defense, excuse me, the Browns offense with Chubb. Like, I, I think, I think higher of the brown of the Bears than the Browns in on this slate.
1: Due to the COVID stuff and not practicing? Yeah. Is that like- yeah. And, then, think, and
2: defensively, they're obviously both very tough matchups, but yeah. Um, I'm literally like picturing Chubb's eighty yard touchdown that he's gonna have now to just shut me up. But like
1: you know, when we talked for seven two weeks, you know how much I love Nick Chubb, and I, I agree with you. I think that uh it's just hard he's gotta bust one to work. Like it's a tough game script. They haven't practiced all week. They're missing one of their one of their starting offensive linemen. Like it just Pittsburgh allows three point nine yards per carry. You can kind of go down all the list of the anti Chubb, it's just he's super talented, so he can break one at any time. That's always in play. But I actually think I like Montgomery and Dobbins more this week now that we yeah. really talked about.
2: Um, I mean, which, Chubb, is hard, which
1: is hard for me to admit publicly.
2: <laughs> Chub is almost impossible with uh, Henry and Camara.
1: Yeah, I don't think you could. I don't think you get a third one in there.
2: Henry Camara Dobbins. Actually, yeah, I guess he's only a hundred dollars different. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I think if you look at, I wish you could play Camara as a wide receiver. So I'll put it that <laughs> way.
1: I think there's going to be. It's funny because you mentioned you asked me earlier about Henry Kamara, and I was like, I don't think that many people slam it in. I think the fact there's three guys underneath makes me think that a lot of people are going to play Henry or Kamara and then one of these two, one of these three guys.
2: Right. Um, playing Henry and Dobbins together seems, I mean, it's the same game. Right. Um, but it's two teams that love to run the football, so who cares? I was
1: going to say, it's two teams, yeah. It, there's no doubt. I mean, if, if the Titans are losing, Henry's still going to touch the ball 20 times. Like, they just, unless they're down 32 32 nothing at halftime and whatever. I don't know how they get to 32. That was a weird number, but... um He's going to touch the ball a ton no matter how the game works out until they're at the point where they don't have a choice.
2: And the easiest leverage if you want to stay in this game is ignoring these two and just going to the passing game. Like 100%. both. Tannehill, yeah, you could, Brown, or Tannehill, Brown Davis with, uh, you know, Hollywood, Brown, back. Or, you know, like there are plenty of ways to go. Andrew's and that's obviously. the difference
1: between the first thing we talked about Taylor. It's like, oh, if I don't play him, I'm going to play oh, Rivers and Hilton and Pasco, But... <laughs> Like flipping this one is easy. Like you want to play Tannehill, Brown, and Davis. Like that's fun and sexy too. Like yeah. just, this game, this game just has everything. It's a great game.
2: Yep.
1: Jumping down cheaper at running back. There's only a couple of options. I like kind of we hit five guys. So that's five of the teams right there. Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh throws it a lot. They're kind of the opposite of, of uh, you know Cleveland and Tennessee and Baltimore. Um, the Pittsburgh running Pittsburgh running game has been awful. They they are last in the NFL with sixty rush yards per game since week seven. Um James Connor's five thousand. He's played over forty snaps the last two weeks, done nothing with them. The targets are nice. He has thirteen targets the last two weeks. Um, do you consider Conner at all this week?
2: No. <laughs> I'm surprised you even brought him up, to be honest.
1: Six and a half point favorite. Um in a game they could run the ball a bunch of second half. I, I tried so hard to get there with Connor and talk myself into him and I still couldn't do it now, usually I usually could talk myself into stuff I'm crazy that way um I just couldn't do it he just he just looks so bad he just it doesn't look good
2: I think I'm more likely to play Gus Edwards
1: he's 4400 and does get work
2: I was I was gonna say I was more likely to play Snell over Connor but Edwards and Snell are 200 different that like I would just play Gus Edwards
1: Sadly, I think Edwards has more upside. Yeah. You can bust a couple. I think Connor has a better floor because he can get more touches and the targets are there, but I, it's, it's tough to get excited about anybody down here. Cream hunts, 4,800 touches the last four weeks are 12, 10, seven, 11. He's, uh, he's getting phased out a little bit for Chubb. Yeah. It's, it's kind of happened. Now, if you think they're trailing, you know, hunts more the receiving guy than Chubb, but uh, I find it hard to get fired up by cream Hunt, and I think I'll probably just scarred from playing him way too much earlier in the year.
2: <laughs> um, I think he's a great GPP option just because we talked Game about a hundred guys that would rather play. So um, yeah, I think he's fine. I, I just don't see for,
1: for three games. It's a really good running back slate. Yeah. We like only have six teams and five of them are like really fun, good options.
2: Yeah. I, um, and like, we kind of hinted that the wide receiver pool is not really that great that I think you're just going to see a lot of people paying up for two of the three, like going below Dobbins. I mean, those are the five. Like, I think people will just take two or three from there and then just work work their way from there.
1: I think that I think that makes sense. So, looking at quarterbacks. Uh, not a lot of expensive guys here. We had the we had a couple. Uh, we had like three guys over sixteen hundred last uh, last slate. The only one over seven thousand this week is uh, or this slate is Lamar Jackson at Tennessee. We talked about Lamar a lot during the season. How you know it was kind of ugly early. He's really turned it on the last uh, last like four weeks. He has twenty five or, or more or more D- DraftKings points in three last four weeks. He was over 80 rushing yards twice in the first 12 weeks. He's been over 80 rushing yards four of the last five. Like, it's been a clear um, a clear change that they're like, you know what? Our offense is better when you run the ball. Maybe they're trying to keep him healthy earlier. I don't know what it was, but it's very clear that they're letting him loose the last five weeks when they weren't the first 12 weeks. Um, only over 200 passing yards what once in those last five, but multiple touchdown passes four or five. It's been the old Ravens offense the last five weeks.
2: Uh I think he's going to be the guy that you really want to play that you don't. Um
1: Tennessee pasty is bad. It they is. They don't really they don't really pass a lot. They allowed thirty six touchdown passes, but like I don't know how much that factors in with Lamar. Like he's gonna he's going they're gonna run plays, gonna hit that open guy when he's there and they're gonna, you know, busted plays or, you know, everybody's they've got eight guys in the box, whatever it may be. I don't know if like pure passing defense really is that key for,
2: for breaking the It touchdown. doesn't even matter. Um Yeah, I think I, like I said, I think you're going to want to play him and you're you think build... the
1: expensive running backs are going to just make it too tough.
2: I think so. Um, unless you just really punt elsewhere at uh, the wide receivers, basically. Um, the, the difficulty with, with Jackson, uh, obviously is we were just saying like the rushing floor is so high that it's not like you can try to get away with like his receivers. Like I'm going to fade Jackson because I'll just get all the pass catchers. Um, but like when you're locking in f- you know, four for 46. Like, I'm not sure you're getting much, um, from those guys, you know, you got to hope that they get in the end zone. So, um, if he rushes
1: for 85 yards. It's so hard not see him at least, at least be good. You know, it's like when you rush for 85 yards, that's eight and a half points off the bat. Like Mm -hmm. you start, you start with that with a quarterback. Like it's just, it's tough to battle that. Yeah.
2: Um, so if you don't play him, who do you play then? um, I think the next spot you go is just right down to Tannehill. Um yeah. obviously the matchup is extremely tough, and if you're gonna play Henry hoping for a ceiling game, then you usually don't get a Tannehill ceiling game there. But like mm-hmm. Roethlisberger has been so bad. They obviously throw a ton. So like I I get it. Um
1: He weirdly looked so good in that second half against the Colts, too. Like it, he was so bad in the first half that he was so 23 at 29. He had two hundred forty-three yards and three touchdowns in the second half. It was the weirdest that was the weirdest game for me of the whole NFL season. I, it's funny because I had I think I bet Pittsburgh, and I was like, oh, that game's over. And I like just shut, and I, I looked up, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're coming back. And I was like, all of a sudden, they just passed him. And, and they passed him, yeah. He was so bad in the first half of the game. You're like, I wonder if he's done. I wonder if he's hurt. And then all of a sudden, he was MVP Ben in the second <laughs> half. It was – I don't know if he figures something out. He obviously has awesome weapons too, which is huge. I mean, he could throw a six-yard pass, and it turns into 60. Like, he just – he has so many weapons that it's it's really interesting too. And he's 6,100 it's I think if I don't play Lamar I might go to him like I just I I think it's there I think him and Tannehill the answer is like I don't trust Breeze right now either at 5,700
2: he was the one I was wondering like can we trust him with Camara and Thomas back they're at home obviously the Bears defense is good
1: um
2: I actually kept going down
1: (laughs) I was Uh wondering you go down to Mitch can you get away with Mitch I mean, game script is awesome for him throwing the ball, you know, 45 times, right? Yeah.
2: Like, if you don't play Montgomery because you're playing Henry Dobbins and Kamara, not that you need, like, access to the Bears offense. But, I don't know. Mitch isn't crazy, is it? It's probably
1: three, crazy. Three, three touchdown games the last six weeks, I think. Um, I don't think it's crazy. I think I played Ben over him.
2: Can we agree that you definitely play him over Mayfield? Yes. Okay. I'll, t-
1: I, I'll I take broke, that little I, victory then. I, I made my notes here. I, I noted five quarterbacks and Mayfield was the one I didn't even know. <laughs> I just awful. No, we can no practice at Pittsburgh. I'm just, I'm not playing Baker.
2: I, one of the comments I saw yesterday about all the Browns absences and it was like guys who were out or, you know, who were already on COVID list or were just coming back, blah, blah, blah. And the last one was Mayfield hasn't thrown a pass since Sunday. And I thought to myself, <laughs> so <laughs> this guy's a
1: professional quarterback like I'm sure, he hasn't throwing, I'm sure he's throwing passes somewhere. Like I don't think his arms going to be rusty. Right, just uh, the... he hasn't,
2: he just forgot how to play football because he hasn't yeah. thrown a pass since Sunday. That's
1: um, awesome. He's probably out there in the throwing to the kids in the neighborhood at least, right?
2: right yeah, exactly. Um I mean, my son runs around the house pretending he's throwing. Like, I'm sure Mayfield I thought you were
1: going to say pretending he's Baker Mayfield. Oh, like, no, no, what no. Are you, <laughs> what are you doing in that house?
2: No, he's doing tiptoes pretending he's uh, Will Fuller V. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: Where did you get Will Fuller V from? Oh, because he likes Fuller V. That's right. Yeah. I was like, Notre Dame, Houston? No. no, no, no. no. Um, I was sure your son was a big Nick Mullins fan running around the
2: house. Yeah, right. More of a CJ Beathard, actually. But... There you go. Yeah. Um, do you think Roethlisberger is more popular than Tannehill?
1: I think Tannehill's more popular. Okay,
2: I mean they're they're Good. close enough. They're they're closer than Tannehill is to Lamar.
1: Way closer. I think Lamar's way up here, ownership wise. I think the other four guys we mentioned are kind of interspersed below that. But I think Tannehill's the second highest. Ben's the third highest. But I think they're those are there's a pretty sizable difference to them, all of them, and Lamar. Hat.
2: The only hesitation I have about Lamar being that high is like how do you get there?
1: I just think a lot of people will start there and then figure out a way uh, around it. Yeah. I just think everybody's gonna look at this late and be like, oh, I want Lamar and figure out around it and maybe I guess you you probably you probably it's hard you can only you can obviously only play one of Henry and Kamara, obviously, and then you probably have to jump down to Connor or someone like that, or you just go really cheap receivers too. I mean there's there's past there, but I just I think I think people are gonna see Lamar at the top and just slot him in pretty quickly. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay, that makes sense. Um,
1: but it, it, you're right. It's, it, it's a slate where it's a lot harder to fit all the guys you want to play. That first slate, we like we were more like game theory and kind of figure out who you want to play against other guys. But you could almost get everybody in you wanted to in that slate. Like you yeah. can't play Allen Taylor and Diggs maybe, but you could play you could play almost everybody you want in that first slate. This one like you have to figure out ways to, to get under the cap. Which by the way is way more fun to me. Sure. Sure. Um receivers. Receivers. We don't have that like we mentioned before, we don't have that digs at you know, really high price. We got AJ Brown at seven thousand. Allen Robbins, sixty five hundred of the clear, like top two guys. Um Brown, I guess, depends on whether you play Henry or not. Like you probably it's just tough to play both of them in this, in this offense with the with the prices. Um AJ Brown was a man last week. Hooked us up big time. We played him, at least I played him in the <laughs> draft. We, it was, we
2: did not play him.
1: I played him. I liked. I loved AJ Brown last week. 151 yards and a touchdown, 11 targets. His first double-digit target target game, which is you know significant. That I can't believe he didn't get double-digit targets all all year. But a lot of that's the fact that they they hand the ball to Derrick Henry so much. But he AJ Brown hit 14 games here, scored a touchdown in 10 of them. Um, just a really good good player. just a matter of how this game works out.
2: Yeah, you played Brown. I played Henry, and
1: they both worked pretty well. They, it worked. Yeah. And you uh, still you still beat me because Henry was still way better.
2: I don't think I no he wasn't way better. Um, oh, that's
1: right. He's about ten catches. Yeah, the PPR is big. Yeah, we we are really we play in a in a like a analyst league together in Draft Kings. We put our best lineup in there. I, I was I I thought you were a little bit ahead of me last week. I forget.
2: No, he, uh, I didn't end up ahead of you. I don't think
1: that uh, the Jalen Guyton zero. I don't think. <sighs> gonna... <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to bring that up publicly.
2: Um, this is the cheapest Michael Thomas like has been in. A decade?
1: I mean, he's not that right. old, but like... He's 6,300. He hasn't played in three weeks. He was on IR. Last played in week 14. <laughs> Zero touchdowns on the season. Um, he was over 85 yards twice, both with Taysom Hill, which is the craziest part of the whole thing. Of course thing. it was. I have no idea what to do with Michael Thomas. I hate to admit that on air publicly, but I really don't know. Like, he could go out there and be like two for 22 or have 11 catches, and I just... I don't know what we're going to get from Thomas. and He's really hard to predict this week because we just don't know how really healthy he is. If they put him on IR just to like, get him healthy and he was not that badly injured, like, I just don't know. And it's a hard, it's a hard guy to figure this week.
2: Um, I think the easy, the easy thing to do is just to pay for Kamara. Like we're used yeah. to having them be fairly closely priced. So you're just like, oh, I'll just take Kamara because I know. But like 6,300 is cheap. Um, it is. Granted, like, we just if, talked about spending up everywhere else. So, like,
1: <laughs> If he was 70 of 100, I'd be like, I'm just going to cross him off and not deal with it. But sixty-three hundred, you have to at least consider it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we get some easy pivots from guys we think will be popular. Like, if you're not going to play Camara, you can play Thomas. And if you don't want to play Henry, you can play A.J. Brown.
1: Yep. Um, he's, he's really hard to figure out this week. And I just... And you could see, I could see either extreme being really real possibilities, which is you don't forget very often.
2: Yeah. I just, from a cash perspective, like you have to play Deontay Johnson over Thomas. Like they're a hundred dollar difference on draft games. You always
1: have to, you always have to play Deontay Johnson. Right.
2: Right. I mean, anytime you can lock in, uh, you know, 65 yards on 17 targets, you might as well do it. So
1: six in the NFL in targets, which is mm-hmm. pretty wild, but 14th in catches, yeah. which is probably lays out to exactly what you just said.
2: Where was he in yards? 25th. Um, I
1: could, yeah, I don't think he was that high. Um, of course not. I have not Yeah.
2: But yeah, I I think obviously the the people who are playing Henry Dobbins and Kamara or Henry Good
1: god, he was 25th in yards. Yeah, look at that's a that. good
2: call. Wow. Um Henry Kamara Henry and Kamara basically take you out of all of these guys unless you're you're um if you're only playing two running backs, let's say that, yep. and it's Henry and Kamara, you might be able to get away with one of the expensive ones. But otherwise, like, you're almost out um, on this whole group. Like, yep. you're, you're, saying, you're going, going into this saying, no, 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 Corey Davis will be fine. He had 11 yep. targets that, last week.
1: And that's played no Lamar, too.
2: Yes, that is correct. Um,
1: so you're playing cheap quarterback and you still only get one of these guys.
2: Right. So you're, I mean, you're fully going into this. I'm going to play, uh, Corey Davis instead of AJ Brown. Um, I'm going to play, uh, Claypool instead of Johnson. Um, and then you just keep scrolling and say, who can I get away with that's further down? And you say, wait a minute. I know Des Bryant scores touchdowns. How many targets does he get? And then you realize those are the targets.
1: Yeah. Um, Alan Robinson's also in this range and we talk about him a lot. We, we love Alan Robinson. He was quiet last week. A lot of Jair Alexander. He had two for 37 on five targets. Uh, he had two touchdowns against New Orleans in week eight. So he did well in this matchup already earlier this year. He has over 70 yards and five of six. We talked about Al Robinson a lot all year. He's got this like really good floor and the ceiling hasn't been there a couple times. He hit the ceiling, but you know, not a ton of times. Um, the targets were a bit up and down the last six weeks. I was a little surprised the targets were as consistent as I thought they were. I think when we talked about him, I kind of always think he gets peppered with targets, but he kind of really doesn't with Trubisky. He has some, some big target games, some, some quiet ones. But best receiver, clearly, on a team that is going to be you know probably down in this game, 10-point underdogs. Um, game script-wise, he makes a ton of sense. Because you got to figure he gets the ball a lot this week.
2: Um, how surprised would you be if he was the highest-scoring wide receiver on the slate? Not that surprised. Right? Like It's not shocking. No. Like, you could
1: see 12 targets, 9 for 102 and 2 touchdowns yeah. pretty easily as they, as they throw the ball the entire second half.
2: Right, and they lose 38-14.
1: You've got me looking at Deontay Johnson. now. can't he's 25th in yards. That's crazy. <laughs> he had less yards than Cole Beasley and Corey Davis. Uh-huh. Wow. Um,
2: I, I just don't That's think like... any of these guys are going to be all that popular just because the running backs are so expensive. Like, you don't have cheap running backs to even get away with. Like you're, you're taking That'd backups, just, yeah. like you, in order to play multiple, like in order to play Brown and Robinson or Robinson and Thomas, um, you're, you're playing like Benny Snell and Gus Edwards.
1: You're playing one of, at least one of those really cheap running backs that we didn't really like any of them.
2: Right. Um, so I just, I think the conversation is more like, which of the cheaper guys do you think? can get 80% of the expensive guys and get let you get away with it.
1: And there's a lot of them down here. There's Corey Davis at 4,800. Marquise Brown's 5,400. Chase Kleeples, 5,200. Juju Smith's 5,500. Jarvis Landry, no thank you, is 5,800. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Sanders, probably not with Thomas back and Kamara back's 5,000. Um, I have a guy in this range I really, really, really like this week. I'm not even sure why, but I really like him. But who Do you do you have preferences in this range? Um.
2: I think Davis will be really popular. I do too at the price. Um, just yeah, and I think in the, high,
1: in the highest scoring game, yeah, right.
2: Um, Hollywood Brown, like, it's weird because I'm like, he's like GPP, like he can go off, but like he's very inconsistent. But like, the dude has double digit fantasy points on DraftKings in six straight games. He's um, become
1: like weird, like touchdown scoring floor guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No set.
2: Yeah. Um, Brown at least gives you like, theoretically gives you like access to Lamar because, you know, the passing hours go there and they're more valuable for Brown. But, um, I think a lot of people like what they saw with Claypool last week and, and end up there.
1: That's my guy. I love Chase Claypool this week. I think that he, he had, he actually had a quote that said that they kind of, they kind of pulled back on him. They didn't want him to hit the rookie wall. So they kind of pulled back on him a little bit midseason. And, I mean, last week they unleashed him. 11 yeah. targets last week, 5 for 101. His uh, his average depth of target is 13.8 yards, which leads the Steelers. They obviously throw the ball short to Juju and Deontay. I just think he's the – I think he's the ceiling guy in this offense. I think that uh, he has 25 targets last week. I think they're, they're ramping him up as a big weapon right now. Cleveland struggles against the deep ball. They're better against short passes. I just think it lines up really well for Claypool to hit a couple of big plays this week. I I love him at the price this week.
2: Um, Yeah, I think everybody – We'll end up there. Is Juju going to play?
1: I think so. Um, questionable, but I think he's leaning towards – he's going to play. But you talk about a guy like – he has 97 catches and has 831 yards on the season. Wow. Like that is almost – impossible. like I'm scrolling here and looking at yards per catch. And in the top – look at the top 50. There is one other guy that's under ten yards per catch, and then are talking receiving receiving yards. Is it Deontay that, Johnson? It's it's Keenan Allen at nine point nine. So nine point nine, like barely. I just barely cheated under under Ten. Juju's at eight point six. Oof. It's so far and away the worst yards per catch guy. In any in the top fifty? That it's it's unbelievable how different. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. And, and Keenan Allen, like nine point nine, he's right there. But like, you look at I maybe mean, where Deont- Deontay is ten point five, so he's pretty low. Claypool's fourteen point one. Like, it—it's it, it, to me out that you said everybody's going to go there because I thought maybe he wasn't going to be that highly owned. But I—I love he's—he's my favorite receiver play on this slate.
2: Okay, yeah, I, I mean, people are going to be loading up on this game. It's as simple as that. You think so? I mean, it has the highest total, no?
1: No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was looking at yeah, Baltimore,
2: Tennessee. Yeah. No, 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 you're right. Absolutely right.
1: But you're right. You're right on the Pittsburgh offense. The like Pittsburgh offense. That's right. Yes. People are going to need access to this offense, and I'm afraid to right on Claypool. I'm hoping they go to Deontay because he's been, uh, you know, the target guy all year. But uh, I just think Claypool is, is too cheap this week.
2: I mean, just looking at, um, like, the Saints, I guess it's a two-point difference in terms of implied total. But, like, um, the Saints' offensive weapons are so much more expensive than Pittsburgh's. And, and that's um, kind of ignoring the fact that you have no interest in the Pittsburgh running backs. So, like, it's really – you're Do right. I want to pay sixty three hundred for Michael Thomas, eighty five hundred for Camara? If you're basically looking at the the pass catchers from the Saints, and, or... and
1: no one's going to the Sunday night game with no players, right? Like you're gonna <laughs> want. To, so I, I know it's stupid to think of it that way, but you're gonna want someone in this offense for Pittsburgh, and you're gonna want at least one guy in this game, and it's gonna be. You're right. It's probably gonna be more people than I want on Claypool. Uh,
2: I actually think that you should go into it with multiple players in this game because if you're like way behind, yeah. Uh, and the expectation is that like everybody has Claypool, then you just go to Juju, like the pivots are easy.
1: Yeah, you can late swap to someone in this game. I, right. Yeah, you're right. You probably go to Juju, with, he's going to be the lowest. Probably.
2: I'm, I mean, he's like you know he's banged up. Deontay Johnson has all the targets, and Claypool is coming off that monster game. You're going
1: to late. So you're going to end up late swapping to James Conner, aren't you? Oh God, <laughs> I'm going to go to Jarvis Landry. You're like I must be really far behind if I'm doing that. Yeah, no, um, I'll go
2: to Landry, and that's yeah. that's how far behind I'm going to be.
1: Um, among cheap, cheaper guys in the in the receiving range, there's a couple interesting guys here. The first guy I really like is Darnell Mooney, but he's Ooh, questionable. Yeah, thank which you. It scares me a little, but he's got an ankle injury. But he had 11 targets last week, and I they, that uh, the, the 11, next gen 11, stat, 11 catches. 11 catches. Sorry, 13 targets. You know those the next gen stats thing they do with like the depth of target thing that, that little map they have. It was disgusting. They were like all like two yards from the line of scrimmage. Like it was the weirdest. Like this is a guy that like early in the year with Foles, they were using him as the deep guy. Yeah, and deep, yeah. With Trubisky, they're really using him as a short guy. But like you give me that with Trubisky, I'll take it. Like in a game, they're gonna be trailing, throwing the ball a ton. Mitch is gonna want the ball out of his hands. He has 25 targets the last three weeks, 19 catches. I think at 3900, as long as he is okay to play, he's questionable right now. Like I said, um, he's been under 50 yards like seven straight games for last week, so it's not a lot of yards, but. In a PPR setting, he scored against New Orleans early in the year. Um, if I'm going to go cheap down here, it's going to be with Mooney.
2: I think that's a great call. He, if you weren't bringing him up, I was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't think he's going to be that hidden off the 13 targets last week. And a lot of people probably go there. But if you want no part of Cleveland, and I, I fully get that, do you consider Rashard Higgins at all at 4100? Like he's probably the one guy here where like he's so cheap that um, you know he has over 50 yards in the last four games. Um, should be a good game script. he was 255 last week after missing game week 16 when the whole Cleveland wide receiver room was on the COVID list. If I had to go someone in the Cleveland pass game, it'd be Higgins, but I don't really think I want any of them.
2: That's how I'm looking at it. Like uh, there's nobody,
1: there's nobody here I want. Chase Blankle is going to be big this week. I like love it. it. Love it. Um, I think that's said everybody. The only thing I want to point out with Marquise Brown, like we talked about how good he's been the last six weeks in PPR scoring. He's been over 50 yards once the last five weeks. Like, it's been so touchdown dependent that uh, I definitely prefer Claypool. Why not both? Uh, you could go both, and you might have to if you go big running back. Yeah. You might have to go Mooney, Claypool, and Marquise Brown or, or Corey Davis. Like, there's a lot of ways. This thing's fun because there's just a lot of different ways to go. I think the other slate, like, there's there's just fewer paths to to, to get where you need to be, whereas this this slate, you can make arguments, like, complete in so many different directions.
2: Yeah, like we were talking about when you look at the prices on draftings for the running backs, uh, those five that we were talking about, Dobbins is the cheapest at sixty six hundred. Um, that's the sec. That would be the second highest wide receiver price.
1: Oh, yeah, that's true. That's wild too. Yeah, it's uh, it's a slate you go different different directions. You don't you don't really get a three game slate very often. So I think it's it's really fun. Uh, real quick, tight ends. Um, I think that the key here is what you want to do. You either go with Mark Andrews or you save money. I think is kind of what it turns out to be. Mark Andrews has been really good lately. Four-plus catches in six straight games as Lamar has broken out. Uh, Tennessee's been poor against tight ends all year long. He has 29 targets the last four weeks. He has over 65 yards in three of four. I think you either play him or you go way down in the 3,000 range was, was my my read on the tight ends at least.
2: Yeah, the, um, the Austin Hooper stuff is – Odd because he's obviously like completely taken advantage of the fact that they've had no receivers at all. Yeah. Um, but when you consider that he's going to be trying to catch passes from a guy who hasn't thrown a football
1: since son- <laughs> last Sunday, <laughs> just don't know how how confident you can be. Um, I just I mean his only game over sixty yards all year was the game where they had zero running wide right receivers on the team. Like I just and it, it was wasn't it on like
2: fifteen targets too? Like I
1: think it, it was. It was, it was yeah. like yeah, it was fifteen targets. Seven for seventy-one. I think. Yeah. I just
2: go Jets. Um,
1: Good work, Jets. Um, they won that game, though.
2: Come yeah, on. Uh, Jared Cook seems like nobody will play him.
1: Nobody's going to play him because he's only six hundred dollars less than Andrews. Right. So yeah, if you want to get complete low percentage, and uh, Jared Cook led the Saints in touchdown passes, touchdown receptions. Why not? Yeah, um, I, want, I want that. I want that prop
2: preseason. Um, why should I not play Jimmy Graham? God. I'm just kidding. Jimmy. There's no way I'm playing Jimmy Graham. Um, it's more, do you think people play Comet or Jonu Smith?
1: I think those are the two down here. Those are the two that I had bolded down here. I prefer Comet. I know the touchdowns haven't been there. It's been very frustrating Jimmy Graham, <laughs> because Jimmy Graham. Because they've been Graham going has, to Graham. Jimmy, seven games. The last seven games, Komet's kind of been more the guy. Jimmy Graham has five end zone targets and Comet has zero. Like, what are you doing? But Does he have five Kmet touchdowns? Uh, No, Three. he gets five touchdown targets, yeah. Three touchdowns. Uh, Kamet had eight targets last week. He has fourteen targets the last two weeks. He hasn't done much with them, but I don't know. Good game script. They're gonna be trailing and throwing the ball short the whole game. Like, you give me eight targets at three thousand. I probably take it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like you're probably not getting eight targets for John
1: I feel like people like Johnny Smith more than what he actually does.
2: He, I'm, <laughs> I completely I agree with you. I think it's because he makes these really acro, like athletically difficult plays. You're right. I think you're right. And so he looks like somebody that you're like, that guy should get the ball a lot. He
1: does. He,
2: and he does. And he doesn't. But it's like, it's a it's a fundamental, like, should happen versus does happen. And people are like, he should get the ball a lot. I'm going to play that guy. And he hasn't
1: topped 60 yards since week three.
2: I'm surprised it happened at all this season.
1: <laughs> he had 12 targets in week 15, 16. So like, there was like a moment there where they get the ball a lot, but... I mean, the problem is they have an an all world stud receiver, and they Mm -hmm. have another receiver they like to throw the ball to who happens to drop the ball a lot. But Corey Davis still has a lot of good plays, and they got Derrick Henry. Like, it's just there that you can only do so much of that offense that it's just. I I play Komet over John New this week. Yeah. Not necessarily saying I love Komet, but I'll take the targets at any point.
2: I mean, these guys are all. I mean, we're talking about $3,000 tight ends, so like you can't really expect much, but.
1: Are you I mean, going to try it? Are you going to try and force Andrews in or you think you won't have the money with all the running backs we've talked about? No.
2: It, it, forcing in a tight end that whose ceiling is like 80 yards and a touchdown just doesn't seem worth it for me.
1: Do you think all the other plays make Andrews really, really low percentage?
2: I don't know. Really, really low. But I don't think... Uh, I mean, the- realistically the Ravens stack he's the first obviously after Lamar like he's the receiver you go to right so like I don't think he's for for tournaments I don't think he's going to be that low only because I think people are going to be focusing on the Ravens um but like cash games I just don't see why you prioritize that like he's, I'm not even sure not- you play like if he was a wide receiver
1: I'm not sure you would play in that He's so much harder to get in than Logan Thomas is on the other yeah. side is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, defenses this week, um, on this slate, it's funny on the other slate. I was like, I could like argue for five of these six defenses. Um, I only think two of the six are playable on this slate. I, I mean, I, if you want to save money, you save money, but, um, saints and Steelers are pretty far and away the two best defenses on the slate. Uh,
2: I agree, but I also don't think any of them matter. Literally none. <laughs> like I think you can make a case, except maybe the Browns. I think you can make a case for any of them, and it's just if it's the Titans, it's because they're the cheapest and at twenty two hundred, given the variance. And we've seen the Titans' defense have some decent games, um, and
1: we might need the money too. I mean, it's a slate yeah. where you're gonna like you're paying if you go twenty two hundred to thirty six hundred for the Steelers or thirty hundred for the Saints, like you're paying down somewhere else, so it's gonna like actually hurt your lineup. So it's. uh right. It depends on your build, but uh, those two defenses really stick out. But you're right; there's the other ones are in play just because the price matters this week.
2: Right, like if you're looking at uh, a two v two of Chase Claypool and the Titans defense, or the Saints defense and Rashard Higgins, where are you going?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just going to risk it with the defense at that point and, and play Chase. It's, I mean, the the variance is just so high. I'd play Chase Claypool with like a Oklahoma, Oklahoma Sooners (laughs) defense this week. Like I would do anything to like get Chase Claypool in this week.
2: Yeah. Like I, but I think that's what, like if you, I I always think defense is the last one you should build with. Like in, like either you start with defense and you take the cheapest one and you build from there or you build the rest of your lineup and see which defense fits. And if you are going in and you're like, no, 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 I want to spend a thousand or is it, 1300 more
1: 1400
2: more yep for the Steelers yes. like where wherever you find that money is you're hurting the rest of your lineup
1: that's it it's a really good uh a really good point for this for this slate you just there's there's so many ways to spend up that I uh, just doing it on defense doesn't seem to make sense right exactly that's interesting yeah that's uh like normally we
2: have situations where you know it's like Joe Flacco's under center against you know and you play <laughs> right. the defense there, but like this is the playoffs. We generally have,
1: and we we have those situations those two games, but they're expensive. I mean, Trubisky on the road trailing is a good formula. Baker on the road trailing is a pretty good formula. But you're right, they're they're thirty eight hundred, thirty six hundred. It's uh, you got to pay for them, and I hate to I hate to take away the money from somewhere else.
2: And and if they. Happen to just be so off on their throws that they don't even have interception opportunities, or then you know they don't fumble. Like it's possible that there, it's a dominant defensive game. They give up thirteen points uh, and, score and
1: seven DraftKings points. Yeah,
2: and it's just yeah. it's just not worth it.
1: There's a lot of times you're like you're like oh there's all this stuff and you're like oh six points you're like oh that's very uh, right. good right so. It's uh, it's a fun one. This uh, this second slate is really, uh, really fun. I, I really like this one. Yeah, me too. Cool. Uh, anybody else that uh, you want to talk about in the slate? Anybody else that is on your mind there?
2: I'm excited for this Chase Claypool explosion.
1: It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the uh, the to wire Fantasy Football Podcast, um, the DFS version. Thanks for listening all year. Obviously, this is the playoffs. We're going to be with you uh, for the divisional round, the championship round, and the Super Bowl, too, right? Oh, yeah one game showdown you better believe it well, cool looking forward to it thanks everybody for listening um, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter he's a RotoWire Andrew I am at Scott Jenstead um, if you have any questions for us as the uh, as the slate kind of opens up and some injury news comes out I think that it's going to be a lot less interesting in, in playoff time than it is normally I think the guys are going to guys are going to play yep. um, but hit us up on there or follow stuff there we uh, will definitely update some things there other than that hope everybody has a fantastic weekend and I'll be back at you next week for the divisional round take care